0: Destination Morocco is excited to announce our new supporters platform where you can show your support for the podcast. Since early 2022, we have delighted in sharing with you the best of Morocco. Great travel advice, cultural insights, conversations with fellow travelers, and our own personal recommendations drawn from a lifetime of experiences. After all, we are proudly Moroccan-owned and operated with a mission to be genuine and trustworthy leaders in Moroccan tourism. Now, you can contribute directly to the podcast and help us continue this mission. Whether 5 8 or $10, a one-time or a monthly commitment, your support is greatly appreciated and keeps the podcast going strong. Follow the link in the podcast show notes or go to ko-fi.com. That's dash F I. and simply search for the word Morocco. See you there. Morocco is a country like no other. It is a country that is both ancient and modern, full of rich history and culture. The food is incredible, and there are so many places to explore, from Fez to Marrakech, Casablanca to Tangier, Chefchaouen to Volibulus, Eitben Haddu to Marzouga. It is full of magic and mystery, but also kindness and hospitality. The people are so warm and welcoming. It is hard not to fall in love with them immediately. It is a place where you can find everything from the most luxurious resorts to the most humble Bedouin camps. In Morocco, you will find yourself surrounded by a mixture of colors, from the bright reds and oranges, to the deep blues and greens. The landscape itself is like no other. Steep cliffs that plunge into the deep valleys, towering mountains that pierce the sky, and vast deserts full of sand dunes as far as the eye can see. Welcome to the Destination Rockall podcast a show that takes you away to the beautiful country of Morocco. I am your host, Azidine El In each episode, we explore Moroccan culture, history, attractions, and activities, real and practical information coming from experienced travelers and native Moroccans like myself. Our goal is to help travelers that are struggling with planning any type of trip to Morocco. Our company, Destination Morocco, builds personalized tour packages that will ensure you enjoy our country just like a local. Follow us at destinationmorocco.co. And now, let's go exploring. today's episode we have Johnny Conwell. I'm so thrilled and super excited to have her as a guest today in our podcast. Johnny, would you please introduce yourself to our audience?
1: It's a pleasure to be here as a dean. Thank you so much for inviting me to be a guest on your show. The Destination Morocco podcast was so helpful to me when I was planning my trip to Morocco, especially episode four. So thank you for that. And yes, my name is Joni Conwell. I'm a humanities professor and brand new travel content creator.
0: Excellent. You have traveled to Morocco, I believe, during May. And why did you choose Morocco, Joni?
1: In high school, I was really struck by the writing of Paul Bowles. He was an American writer and composer who lived in Tangier as an expat for over 50 years. So Morocco was always a place wow. that I wanted to see and experience for myself.
0: Oh, wow, that's amazing. And planning your trip to Morocco, did you do it by yourself? Somebody helped you? And also, how long did it take you to plan your trip to Morocco?
1: Yes, I, I planned it entirely on my own as a solo traveler. It took about, uh, I purchased the ticket in March and I traveled in May. So it took about two months of planning to plan out the trip.
0: That's a really, really short time. It normally takes me an average of nine months. <laughs> so you went as a solo traveler. Were you afraid? Did you have any type of concerns going to Morocco, a third world country? Don't know much about it? then. And- How was that experience for you, Johnny?
1: Yes, my experience was wonderful. But yes, of course, I had apprehensions before I left, especially because there's a lot of information online. Some of it seems almost designed to frighten travelers. But, you know, I arrived in Casablanca at sunset. And the first thing that I did was walk the Cornishes next to Hassan II Mosque along the Atlantic Ocean and take photos and videos of the beautiful scenery there. And this was such a perfect introduction to Morocco because I just saw regular people, you know, regular Moroccan families, couples, children, Regular people out enjoying, strolling along the water at the sunset with the views of the mosque, on you know this late spring evening. And I realized that the reality is much more nuanced than what maybe you read online.
0: Hmm. You know, I've I've seen your images and looked at your social media, especially Instagram. You have some incredible, beautiful videos and images. And one that really got my attention is the one from your hotel. And you took a video of the Hassan II mosque. It felt to me like you were at the mosque and taking videos. I mean, it was so close. And also you said that it was, you know, the sunset. You're very lucky. Normally a lot of people when they get to Morocco, they get to either early morning or midday. So it seems like you had a really, really good first impression, introduction to Morocco the first day. So can you tell us a little bit about your stay, your hotel? As a solo traveler, did you book everything by yourself? And how did you do it? Where did you do it?
1: That was the Bilaber Apart Hotel in Casablanca. And yes, it is right next to Hassan II Mosque. And I actually took your advice on the show on episode four about having small bills available. And that really paid off in terms of being able to get upgraded to a room with a gorgeous view of the mosque. And that video that I took, that was actually walking right along the edge of walking along the Cornish is there. But I also had some images from my balcony there.
0: So basically, you just you tipped somebody and they upgrade you?
1: (laughs) When I first arrived, you know, I knew the location of the hotel. So I knew that there was a few. And when I first asked to upgrade, uh, so I had purchased a basic room, which was about $43. And then I asked when I got there to upgrade and they told me, we're sorry, there's no rooms with views available. So then I said, well, you know, would it be possible to upgrade? you know, maybe with a little something. <laughs> and I did uh, take your advice and I offered a tip to the man at the hotel who was helping me and did end up getting a double balcony suite uh, with oh, wow. with these views of the mosque from both the bedroom and living room. And so the upgrade was about $20 on top of that 43. And then there was a tip, which was like $5. So that was still for uh-huh. this gorgeous view. It was very budget friendly. <laughs>
0: Oh, absolutely. I'll take it any day. (laughs) Absolutely. Wow. That's incredible. So you traveled solo. So basically you took care of your own transportation. How did you move from city to city? I'll give you an example. Within Casablanca, I'm not sure how much time you spent in Casablanca. And also on your itinerary, if you can tell us a little bit more about it, the cities that you have visited. How did you travel from city to city and also within a city itself?
1: I took a variety of transportation to travel around Morocco and within the different cities. So, for example, to get from Casablanca Airport to my hotel near the Hassan II Mosque, I had pre-booked a ride that I just did through a booking platform. So I didn't have to get a taxi at the airport because I (laughs) had been warned about that. Lucky you. <laughs> yeah. During the trip, I did take both petit and grand taxis. I took a train, the regular train and the high speed Albarak, the new high speed train. And I took two different types of buses. So I took a lot of different types of transportation.
0: The petit bus, I mean, the petit taxi, which is a small taxi, it can hold up to three passengers. Let's say you and two of your friends can ride the same taxi with the same fare. Now, sometimes... You may be the first one to get into that small taxi. Then he will have to stop and pick up two other passengers, but you will be dropped out first, just in case if you get picked up the third person, you're going to be the last one to be dropped at your location. So that those are petit taxis, uh, and it's the same system anywhere you go in Morocco. The P T taxi, you can just wave at them anywhere and they stop, or they have a local number now that you can call, a schedule a pickup, and they charge you, I think, a minimum of $2.00. And it's really, really worth it. Big taxis, they can have up to six passengers, which can be really crowded. So two people sit in the front and four people sit in the back. And those, they have specific areas to drop off and pick up that you cannot wave at them and pick you up. It's illegal for them to do that. So if you want the whole taxi to yourself, you can, but you have to pay the fare for all those seats that you're buying. The other five seats, you got to pay for them yourself. In terms of buses, each city has its own buses, bus lines, and they have different stops and so forth. You know, like Joni said, you'd really have to plan it a little bit ahead of time, going from one bus stop to the next bus stop or from one side of town to the other side of town. Sometimes you can do it in one bus. Sometimes you have to take two or three buses, depending how far the second or third place is. In terms of trains, there's a regular train. I would say it's kind of nice in a way. It's not really that luxury, but then there's the Burak, which is the high-speed train. And I believe that's what Joni was talking about. And I think that's the one that you took from Casablanca to Tangier. Is that correct, Joni?
1: So from Casablanca to Rabat, I took a regular train. And then a
0: regular, from okay.
1: Rabat to Tangier, I took al Barak, I took the high-speed train. I think you can go really more luxury in the first class. But being a budget traveler, I took the second class car. And so this high-speed train, it goes 320 kilometers per hour. It arrived in an hour and 20 minutes from Rabat to Tangier. It was not too expensive. So that was really nice to experience, that high-speed train. And I wish we had them here in the US.
0: (laughs) It's so nice. How much was the fare from Rabat to Tangier?
1: So it was 172 dirham for a second class ticket. So that's about $17. It's very reasonable.
0: Excellent. And what did you get to see in Rabat? Did you get a chance to do any sightseeing?
1: Rabat is so polished and elegant. And so in Rabat, I stayed in an Airbnb and I was right across from the Moroccan Parliament building there on Avenue Mohammed V. This is a very elegant street lined with palm trees. And if you go in one direction, you can sort of get towards the Hassan Tower. And then if you go in a, in a different direction, you can get toward the old Medina, towards the sea, towards the National Photography Museum, where I saw an exhibit on women photographers, uh, Moroccan women photographers, which was outstanding. Oh, nice. I really enjoyed the time that I spent in Rabat.
0: How much time did you stay in Rabat?
1: I believe I was there for two nights in Rabat at that Airbnb. In Tangier, I rented an apartment that had a kind of very far view of the port in Tangier. And Tangier is very uh, busy and gritty and stimulating.
0: How did you get the apartment? What was the price for the apartment? What platform did you use to find it?
1: I was using a variety of platforms throughout the trip. That was probably from booking, but I'm not, I'm not oh, an I affiliate see. or anything at this point. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but, but yes, the various accommodations that I got, I used different platforms. So for example, in Rabat, I used Airbnb. I did use booking a lot for a lot of my accommodations, including the Riyadhs, which I stayed in later. I stayed in three Riyadhs later in the trip. Oh, nice. An apartment rental that I found in Tangier. That was probably the most expensive place that I stayed in the trip.
0: I see. Booking and Airbnb are the same company. I mean, it's amazing platforms. Incredible. So what did you do in Tangier? Did you get a chance to uh, do sightseeing a little bit, or did you go to the port?
1: Yes, absolutely. In Tangier, well, I I enjoyed seeing both old and new Tangier. So in Tangier, it's, you know, it's a port city, it's there on the Mediterranean, and I enjoyed seeing both the old Medina and then the newer areas, and then there's still kind of an industrial feel to part of Tangier, but... In the old Medina, I had a chance to visit the American Legation Museum, which was very interesting as well. And then I also took a short side trip to Cap Spartel. That's the point to the west of Tangier, where the Mediterranean Sea and the Atlantic Ocean meet. And it's a very popular photography spot.
0: Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about the American building that you visited in Tangier? A little bit of history, if you would.
1: Uh, Yeah, so Morocco was one of the first countries to recognize the United States as a new country. And so the then king of Morocco awarded the United States some property in the old Medina of Tangier. So that's where that building is.
0: Escape to the exotic beauty of Morocco with our exclusive small group tours. Experience intimate group sizes that ensure personalized attention and unforgettable adventures. From the enchanting streets of Marrakech to the serene beauty of the Sahara Desert. Forge friendships that last a lifetime while immersing yourself in Morocco's rich culture, vibrant traditions, and warm hospitality. Book your small group tour with Destination Morocco today. Experience the intimacy of a private tour at an affordable price. Go to our website, DestinationsMorocco.com. That's Destinations with an S, Morocco.com. And reserve your spot today. Now, when you went to the Cape Spartal, can you tell us a little bit about that experience? one sign points to the west, the other one to the east, and it gets really, really busy. Sometimes you go there and, you know, you miss a chance to take a picture. There's nobody there to take a picture for you. So can you tell us about your experience, please?
1: So when I got to Cap Spartel, it was earlier in the day, so the sun wasn't so good, and there was no wait to take a photo. But I wanted to try again a little bit later, and as the sun was going down, yes, it got very crowded, and there was a wait of people to take a photo again with that sign, with you know, one arrow pointing towards the Mediterranean and the other towards the Atlantic. But there's some areas to explore around there. There are cliffs where there are these cliff jumpers, but there's very high cliffs where if you're looking down from the vantage point of the sign, for example, or the paths that kind of meander along with views of the sea, if you look up the, you know, people on top of the cliffs look like little tiny dots because oh wow, the cliffs are so high. If you walk down the path to the left, there's a little snack bar. And then if you walk over to the right, you can get to a restaurant. And then beyond that, there's a lighthouse that you can pay to enter.
0: That's incredible. So from Tangier, what was your next destination, Joni? And how did you get there? Did you get there by train, by bus, a taxi?
1: Uh, From Tangier to Tetuan, I took the Grand Taxi. So I was in a taxi, as you described, with six just regular Moroccans. So that was a very unique experience for me. It's quite a stunning drive because you sort of going up into the mountains and you see the the mountains there, and then arrive in Tetuan, which is very stunning. Tetuan was one of my favorite destinations because you see these whitewashed buildings and then with the backdrop of the mountains there, it's a very multicultural, colorful destination with influences from Arab, Rifian, from Jewish, from Spanish culture. There's just all of these different influences and then the women wear yeah. these very colorful, light-colored clothes that make it just a very scenic and beautiful place to go. And I also appreciated it. was much less touristy than some of the other destinations yes. that I went to. So I really enjoyed that.
0: Now, in Morocco, Tangier, we call it the bride of Morocco. Titouan, we call it the white dove. So each city has its own. Like you said, Titouan, it's a very beautiful city. A lot of scenery, a lot of things to see and do in tetuan a lot of heritage, especially the Jewish heritage. And also, you mentioned that you have taken the Grand Taxi from Tangier to tetuan and I know it, it happened to me. Uh, I was in the north side of Morocco as well. The Grand Taxis or the big taxis for each city, they are color-coded. The same thing for the small cities. Each city has its own color, small taxis. In your case, did somebody try to scam you along the way, or how was the prices? for the big taxis going from city to city. Because I know when you're taking, for example, the bullet train or the fast train, you can buy the tickets online or on spot so that the price is fixed. Nobody can overcharge you. But in this case, where you're dealing with person to person or grand taxis, I know what happened to me, but I want to make sure that if the same thing happened to you, you had a different story. If you can share that information, please, Joni.
1: Yes, thank you. So, what I found that was very surprising about Morocco when I first got there was everything is negotiable in terms of prices that you haven't prepaid for. Almost everything is negotiable. A gentleman in the residence apartment where I was staying in the management office there, when I asked about where I should go to get a ride to Tetuan, he said, Oh, I'll take you to get a taxi. He took me to a first grand taxi spot because I had asked him, actually, is it better? Should I take the bus? Should I take a taxi? And he said it would be better to take a taxi. So then he took me to this first spot and the driver asked for 350 dirhams, which would be about $35. Wow. Wow. Fortunately, I had this help because (laughs) this guy who was helping me said, no way should you accept that this is just way too high. And then he took me to the spot, a different spot, right? That was one spot with a grand taxi. He took me to a different grand taxi spot where I got in with a group of regular Moroccans and it was 35 dirhams. So it was you know, one, oh, wow. one-tenth of the price. It was about $3.50 to travel, oh, wow. you know, from Tangier to Tswant.
0: That's amazing. And thank you for sharing that story. It's, I mean, unfortunately, that's why I always say in Morocco, you always have to have somebody with you. And this is one of the reasons why. It saves you money all the time. Whether you, it's a taxi, whether you're shopping, whether you're eating, even, it'll save you money eating. And you'll get better food. You'll get better service. So it's really, really important if you can to always have somebody with you or somebody's help at least. So I know you said you had a really good experience in Tetuan, it was your favorite spot. What was your next destination, please, Joni? And how did you get there?
1: So from Tetuan, I went on to Chefchaouen, and I took a bus. And I will just say that I also took a bus from Chefchaouen to Fez. These two buses that I took were very different. In the first bus that I took, from Tetuan to Chefchaouen, what happened was I went into the bus station in Tetuan, and immediately you're approached by lots of different people trying to steer you towards the ticket counter of their particular bus. And so I let this happen, not realizing that there was a difference between the types <laughs> of buses, right? So that was a no air conditioning bus yes. that I got. It was actually, the ride worked out very well because I was talking with the woman who was sitting next to me and it was a wonderful trip, but it wasn't as comfortable as the bus that I took later from Chefchaouen to Fez. That was the CTM bus or Moroccan say CTM. So that's how I got to Chefchaouen from Tetuan. was taking that first bus.
0: Okay. I would like to add more information, if, if you would, please, Joni, just to explain yes. to the listeners. In Morocco, you're right, there's different types of buses. In Morocco, those big buses, the motor coach, they are called in the U.S., back home, we call them car. Car means a motor coach. The first experience, basically, you go to the car station, to the bus station, and then you negotiate. I mean, people... You feel like, you know, just t- they're going to rob you. They're talking to you three, four, five, six at the same time. They want you to get into their buses and they'll be charging you, you know, whatever price. That price is always higher than what you would pay. So that's what happened to Joni between Tetuan and Shifshawan. And then the second line of buses, and there are few of them, actually, you can book online and the price is set and they have specific time for travel from, for example, Chefchaouen to Fast from all destinations. You book your ticket, the time that you like, and you pay for it online, and you're good. So you just show up to the station, get into the bus, and you're good. Those are luxury buses, motor coach buses. They can hold up to 56 passengers, just like the U.S. The one that Joni took was Setiem, which is the national bus line. Now, with the train, they have also their own bus line. It goes to the cities that the trains don't go to, especially in the south of Morocco. So they have those luxury motor coaches as well. Then there's Gazala. There's quite a few of them, actually. There's Supra Transport. There's about five really, really good luxury companies in terms of buses that you can move from city to city very comfortably. And you can book everything online. You don't have to pay extra to those hustlers and stuff like that. So you can do it online on your own and book your ticket. Joni, I just wanted to add a little bit for a lot of listeners just in case if they want to take the buses and follow the route that you have taken. So far, I really love the itinerary that I have taken. It's, it's incredible. So can you tell us about your experience in Chefchaouen, please?
1: Yeah, so Chefchaouen is really a must for every visitor to northern Morocco, I think. It's just incredibly beautiful and photogenic with most of the buildings painted, these incredible shades of blue. It's probably a number one photo op in Morocco, although there's so many beautiful places. Yeah, I stayed in Riyadh in the Medina and some of the video that I shared on Instagram that was from the Spanish mosque, which is about a 15 minute walk up the mountain from the center of town and at sunset, that area was probably the most touristy area that I saw during my whole trip to Morocco. You do see tourists from all over the world gathering at the top to watch the sun go down behind town. I would definitely recommend getting there early if you want a good viewing spot for sunset.
0: Close your eyes and imagine the warm desert breeze kissing your skin as you wander through the narrow streets of Marrakech. Feel the excitement as you lose yourself to the vibrant colors of the souks where every corner holds a treasure waiting to be discovered Experience the thrill of adventure as you traverse the majestic Sahara Desert on Camelback with nothing but endless dunes stretching before you Experience Morocco Feel Alive Get 15% off all small group tours Visit our website destinationsmorocco.com that's destinations with an s morocco.com use the word 15 as a discount code that checkout and reserve your spot today that's excellent i've seen the video i've seen the images and i've been to that spot before i agree with you i agree with max with laura with angel they all have loved it it's really a must see. And that spot, you know, the, the sunset, it's incredible. It's a steep. It's on top of the hill, but it's definitely worth it. When I visited the Spanish mosque, a lot of people were doing all kinds of stuff. Some people just dancing, some people playing music. So how was it for you?
1: It was very festive and lively. I was uh, talking to the young woman next to me. She was a young Moroccan woman, actually. We later took the same bus from Chef to oh, to wow. Fez. But, you know, just talking with her was giving me insight. I mean, she was a huge fan of uh, K-pop, of Korean pop music. She was really wanting to go to South Korea. So just getting these short interactions with regular people and unexpected encounters were nice. It was very a very festive scene up there, and there were people from all over.
0: Oh, nice, nice. So now you took a different type of bus to FES. Yes. How was the experience of that bus compared to the first one that you have taken? And also how long it took you from Chefchaouen to FES?
1: The experience on the CTM bus was much more comfortable, as you said. You know, it was an air-conditioned bus. It was more relaxing. I'm trying to remember the exact time. I believe it was um, three and a half or four and a half hours. It's a decent bus ride from Chefchaouen to Fez.
0: Now, when you got to Fez, for you, how was it? Was it exactly what you expected? Was it kind of walking back in time? or <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't think anyone can be fully prepared for Fez, especially if like me, you don't have a lot of experience with, you know, medieval medinas. But I was in Fez for 5 nights, so I did have a chance for my relationship with Fez to grow and change. I stayed in a riad. It was in the old medina, but as you know, The Old Medina is enormous, right? So 9,000 streets, 11,000 streets of no cars in the entire Old Medina. And I was on the other side of the Old Medina, about a, a 30 minute walk, not getting lost from where I was staying to the Blue Gate, which is sort of the major tourist entrance to the Old Medina And so I really had a chance to explore a little bit. I absolutely took a guided tour on my first full day there in Fez, where at first I wasn't going out by myself. I had a tour. And on the second day, I actually took a day trip with some other tourists. We went to the Roman city of Volubilis. We went to Muledris, Zarfun. Is it home? Yes, please. And we went to McNess. And then days three and four was when I got the nerve up to venture out by myself and explore (laughs) the other neighborhoods to go outside the gate to explore some gardens and parks and to explore the Mela and the synagogue and that area there. I mean, there was a lot. (laughs) There was a lot in FES. There was a lot in all of these cities. There's just so much to say.
0: Well, for FES, I think in your case, it was perfect. And you did it the right way because you stayed in FES. You did your tour guide. But then you took quite a bit of day tours, day trips. I mean, that's what I would recommend. So FES really was your base. And you went to Volubilis the, the Roman ruins. Then he went to Muleyderis Zarhun. Then he went to Meknes, which is another imperial city. So in a lot of the tours that we do, the itineraries, we move along the road from Fes, and Volubilis, and so forth. But this is also another way of doing it, which is the way you did. Just, you know, being a solo traveler, being maybe the first time in Morocco. So how was Volubilis for you and Zerhoun, Moulay Muleyderis Zerhoun is kind of historic, and spiritual site for Moroccans. So how was Volubilis for you?
1: The Jay trip was wonderful. It was a long drive, but Volubilis, the Roman ruins are incredible to see. It's incredible to see the reach of the Roman empire and to see these Roman remains there. And it's still partially excavated. So there's a lot more to see, but it's very striking against the backdrop of Morocco. And I loved seeing the views of Moulay Sarhoun. The mosque there is actually has a different shape than the other mosques. It is a very spiritual place for Muslims, especially Moroccans.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: And then in Meknes, the city is actually under construction, or a lot of the city is under construction. The famous gates are under construction there. But I did see the mausoleum of Moulay Ismail there.
0: Yes. Less made. oh that's a really nice yes yeah the the gate which is Babel Mansour, which is one of the great gates in morocco it is under construction nowadays there's a lot of constructions in morocco for those historical sites they're being redone and restored in Meknes, that was one of the cases so you didn't get a chance to to see it or take pictures i know I think they have kind of a veil or or something to hide it, but you can still take a picture of it. It looks kind of bluish, but it's not the real <laughs> the real wall. So
1: yeah, it's like there's scaffolding and then there's something covering it. Drop down with images yes. of the gate, but it's not the actual the actual gate is underneath there.
0: Okay, we're gonna switch gear a yes. little bit. I know you have you eat vegan food, and I know in Morocco sometimes it can be challenging depending. On where you at, what city or outskirts of the city and also availabilities and things. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience and also your advice for a lot of people that have dietary restrictions and they are vegan, for example, what to expect in Morocco?
1: Yes, thank you. Well, the biggest issue for me is that I can't eat gluten, and so that's actually the number one dietary restriction that I have. Then, not eating meat is kind of a secondary uh, concern for me. So, my number one tip for your listeners who may have allergies or sensitivities or things that they can't eat is to have you know a card, but now in Arabic, to show in restaurants, and you may feel a little bit foolish doing this. I know I don't love, (laughs) I don't love doing this, (laughs) but if it's really like an allergy where you need to be sure, then having that clear communication can be really helpful because maybe even if someone is speaking English or French and you're speaking English or Mm -hmm. French with them, maybe they may not know the particular allergy in English. So it's best to have it written out and you can verify with someone who speaks Arabic that it's correct. So normally when I'm traveling, I do prefer to book Airbnbs or apartments that have kitchens so I can make my own food and it's less of an issue. Oh, but in Morocco, of course, I wanted to experience the Riyadhs and I'm so glad that I experienced yes. three riads <laughs> while I was in Morocco. And there you may really have to check with the individual Riyadh because sometimes they are able to accommodate you and sometimes less so. One other allergy-friendly or dietary restriction tip that I have is when you're in the cities like Rabat and Tangier, make use of the grocery chains that they have there. For example, the, the Carrefour grocery store, because those big grocery chains will have a shelf with allergy sensitive food, you know, whether you're diabetic, whether you can eat gluten, they'll have those products there available and you can stock up and sort of have them with you because in the smaller towns, it's much more difficult to find specialty foods like that. So do stock up while you're in those cities.
0: That's a really, really great tip for the listeners. The grocery stores in Morocco, there's the Carrefour, which you have mentioned, which is the equivalent to Sam's Club or Costco in the US. You don't need membership in Morocco. You just go in and buy whatever you need. The other one that I can think of, there's quite a few of them, actually. Morjan is also a really popular one, and it's I believe it's in all the major cities. So those two grocery stores, they will have everything you need for your trip. If you're doing a solo traveler in Morocco, if you're staying in an apartment or a riad and you want to have your own stuff just in case. Also, the other question that I have for you, Joni, please. How did people treat you in Morocco? In May, I know it was just opening three months after the pandemic. Was it full of tourists?
1: Most people were extremely welcoming to me in Morocco. And yes, as you said, I was there in May 2022, just shortly after the country reopened, you know, from the pandemic. It seemed like most people were really happy to see foreigners because the tourist industry was very hard hit during the pandemic. I found people generally as curious about me as I was about them. So I really enjoyed it.
0: Nice, nice. Now, was it expensive for you? to move around and buying food and everything, your daily expenses, was it affordable? Was it expensive? For somebody who's planning to go to Morocco and they want to do the exact same thing you have done, Joni, can you give them an example what to expect in terms of daily spent?
1: Yes, thank you. I found accommodations and transportation in Morocco to be very budget-friendly. In the tourist areas, you will have people who just start adding zeros onto the end of the prices. Like it's not like it's just a markup. It's like you know, it's like they add they're adding zeros. So you have to be careful in those tourist areas. But in terms of the general uh, expenses of accommodations and transportation, I found it very budget friendly for rooms. I was paying usually between thirty five. And the highest I paid was 90 in Tangier, which was really because I booked late and I got a very nice apartment. But most places, it was in the 40 to $60 range for very nice places with views.
0: So the average was about $50?
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: Per day. Tangier was the exception, but again, because of the uh, availability and if you do anything last minute, obviously you're going to pay a little bit more. So you did incredible, really. So that's really, really impressive. So did you learn anything new by going to Morocco, Johnny?
1: I learned learned so much of it. I was thinking about this and I, I learned so much and so much of it was like tangible and experiential, like the mix of cultures, the different sites in terms of the way the landscape changed as I moved from spot to spot, from Atlantic to Mediterranean, to mountains, to the incredible medieval center of Fez, which is such a historic place. So I learned in every one of these places and I learned through the interactions that I had with people. I learned when, you know, I was at the bus station and, you know, there was an old woman and her packages fell over and I just helped. Then when I went to go on the bus, she just touched me on the top of my head and said, you know, and I think I'll remember the feel of that little touch, you know, for the rest of my life. Because it just was there just these little moments, you know, that are special and stay with you.
0: Of the, wow, that's incredible. That's incredible. So would you recommend people to solo travelers, female travelers, to anybody as a destination?
1: I would. would recommend that most people, the majority of people take a group tour for the best experience, because then you don't have to worry, then you have someone taking care of it, you have someone watching out for you, you have someone who can uh, communicate in the language. So I would recommend that for most people. Now, I love that I went solo, I would go, (laughs) go solo again, if you love a good adventure, if you're flexible, if you're able, and I would really say if you're able, able to communicate in at least French or Arabic or Spanish in the north, that really would help your ability to do it solo.
0: Wow. Now I'm very grateful. You have shared a lot of valuable information and content to our listeners and I really cannot thank you for that. Now the question that I have is is there anything that I should have asked you but I didn't or forgot that you would like me to or would like to answer, please?
1: Uh, You know, you've asked some wonderful questions. I could go on, as we've talked before, I could talk all day, right, about each city, each place that I went to and the different sites that I saw and the different people that I met, the museums and the day trips, and we would still be talking, but... I would 100% go to Morocco again and see the areas that I didn't get to see because in two weeks, that was just scratching the surface of northern Morocco. And there's still so many places, even just in the north, that you know I didn't even get close to.
0: I totally agree. Sometimes that's the unfortunate thing when you travel by yourself. I mean, two weeks, it took you quite some time to see a lot of things. But I agree with you. If you take a group tour planned, You save a lot of time. I know for a fact, Joni, on your next adventure to Morocco, if you go the south side of Morocco, you're going to love it even more. You know, just like you, I can talk for hours and hours about the south of Morocco, the Atlas Mountains, the Berbers, the villages. That's where the true traveler go, in my opinion, because you get to see a lot of things that you would not normally see in a city. That's the old Morocco. That's really going back in time. 50 years, 100 years, 200 years. So I absolutely recommend the south of Morocco as well.
1: I look forward to it, for sure.
0: You're going to really, really enjoy it. Joni, thank you so much for being a guest in our podcast today. I'm very grateful. Thank you for being flexible and making the time. I know you have a crazy busy schedule and I really cannot thank you enough.
1: I enjoyed it so much, Azadeen. Thank you again. Thank you so much for having me on the show.
0: You're very welcome. Bye-bye, bye-bye. Thanks for joining us this week on the Destination Morocco podcast, our dedicated show website, DestinationMoroccoPodcast.com is where you can find all of our episodes, leave a review, find our social media links, and even register as a guest. If you have been to Morocco yourself and would love to share a story, advice, or recommendations, you're welcome to participate in our podcast. Whether it's a five-minute story or a full conversation, we will guide you through the steps so that you can share your experience with our listeners. We will be back soon enough with a new episode for you as we continue our exploration of the beautiful country of Morocco. See you then! You have traveled the world, but Morocco's allure beckons you. Destination Morocco is here to create the perfect once-in-a-lifetime Moroccan journey, tailored exclusively to your desires. Let us craft an itinerary that unlocks the secrets of this mesmerizing land just for you. For a luxurious, bespoke Moroccan adventure of a lifetime, visit destinationsmorocco.com. That's destinations with an S, Morocco.com. And let us turn your dreams into reality. Your amazing Moroccan experience awaits.